chapter seventy five of the history of pendennis this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org the history of pendennis by william makepeace thackeray chapter seventy five a chapter of matchmaking upon the platform at tunbridge pen fumed and fretted until the arrival of the evening train to london a full half-hour six hours it seemed to him but even this immense interval was past the train arrived the train sped on the london lights came in view a gentleman who forgot his carpet-bag in the train rushed at a cab and said to the man drive as hard as you can go to jermyn street the cabman although a handsome cabman said thank you for the gratuity which was put into his hand and pen ran up the stairs of the hotel to lady rockminster's apartments laura was alone in the drawing-room reading with a pale face by the lamp the pale face looked up when pen opened the door may we follow him the great moments of life are but moments like the others your doom is spoken in a word or two a single look from the eyes a mere pressure of the hand may decide it or of the lips though they cannot speak when lady rockminster who has had her after-dinner nap gets up and goes into her sitting-room we may enter with her ladyship upon my word young people are the first words she says and her attendant makes wondering eyes over her shoulder and well may she say so and well may the attendant cast wondering eyes for the young people are in an attitude and pen in such a position as every young lady who reads this has heard tell of or has seen or hopes or at any rate deserves to see in a word directly he entered the room pen went up to laura of the pale face who had not time even to say what back so soon and seizing her outstretched and trembling hand just as she was rising from her chair fell down on his knees before her and said quickly i have seen her she has engaged herself to harry foker and and now laura the hand gives a pressure the eyes beam a reply the quivering lips answer though speechless pen's head sinks down in the girl's lap as he sobs out come and bless us dear mother and arms as tender as helen's once more enfold him in this juncture it is that lady rockminster comes in and says upon my word young people beck leave the room what do you want poking your nose in here pen starts up with looks of triumph still holding laura's hand she is consoling me for my misfortune ma'am he says what do you mean by kissing her hand i don't know what you will be next doing pen kissed her ladyships i have been to tunbridge he says and seen miss amory and find on my arrival that that a villain has transplanted me in her affections he says with a tragedy air is that all is that what you were whimpering on your knees about says the old lady growing angry you might have kept the news till to-morrow yes another has superseded me goes on pen but why call him villain he is brave he is constant he is young he is wealthy he is beautiful what stuff are you talking sir cried the old lady what has happened 
miss amory has jilted me and accepted henry foker esq i found her warbling ditties to him as he lay at her feet presents had been accepted vows exchanged these ten days harry was old mrs planter's rheumatism which kept dearest laura out of the house he is the most constant and generous of men he has promised the living of logwood to lady anne's husband and given her a splendid present on her marriage and he rushed to fling himself at blanche's feet the instant he found he was free and so as you can't get blanche you put up with laura is that it sir asked the old lady he acted nobly laura said i acted as she bade me said pen never mind how lady rockminster but to the best of my knowledge and power and if you mean that i am not worthy of laura i know it and pray heaven to better me and if the love and company of the best and purest creature in the world can do so at least i shall have these to help me hm hm replied the old lady to this looking with rather an appeased air at the young people it is all very well but i should have preferred bluebeard and now pen to divert the conversation from a theme which was growing painful to some parties present bethought him of his interview with huckster in the morning and of fanny bolton's affairs which he had forgotten under the immediate pressure and excitement of his own and he told the ladies how huckster had elevated fanny to the rank of wife and what terrors he was in respecting the arrival of his father he described the scene with considerable humour taking care to dwell especially upon that part of it which concerned fanny's coquetry and irrepressible desire of captivating mankind his meaning being you see laura i was not so guilty in that little affair it was the girl who made love to me and i who resisted as i am no longer present the little siren practices her arts and fascinations upon others let that transaction be forgotten in your mind if you please or visit me with a very gentle punishment for my error laura understood his meaning under the eagerness of his explanations if you did any wrong you repented dear pen she said and you know she added with meaning eyes and blushes that i have no right to reproach you hm grumbled the old lady i should have preferred bluebeard the past is broken away the morrow is before us i will do my best to make your morrow happy dear laura pen said his heart was humbled by the prospect of his happiness it stood awe-stricken in the contemplation of her sweet goodness and purity he liked his wife better than she had owned to that passing feeling for warrington and laid bare her generous heart to him and she very likely she was thinking how strange it is that i ever should have cared for another i am vexed almost to think i care for him so little am so little sorry that he has gone away oh in these past two months how i have learned to love arthur i care about nothing but arthur my waking and sleeping thoughts are about him he is never absent from me and to think that he is to be mine mine and that i am to marry him and not to be his servant as i expected to be only this morning for i would have gone down on my knees to blanche to beg her to let me live with him and now oh it is too much oh mother mother that you were here indeed she felt as if helen were there by her actually though invisibly a halo of happiness beamed from her she moved with a different step and bloomed with a new beauty arthur saw the change and the old lady rockminster remarked it with her shrewd eyes what a sly demure little wretch you have been she whispered to laura while pen in great spirits was laughing and telling his story about huckster 
and how you have kept your secret how are we to help the young couple said laura of course miss laura felt an interest in all young couples as generous lovers always love other lovers we must go and see them said pen of course we must go and see them said laura i intend to be very fond of fanny let us go this instant lady rockminster may i have the carriage go now why you stupid creature it is eleven o'clock at night mr and mrs huckster have got their nightcaps on i dare say and it is time for you to go now good-night mr pendennis arthur and laura begged for ten minutes more we will go to-morrow morning then i will come and fetch you with martha an earl's coronet said pen who no doubt was pleased himself will have a great effect in lamb court and smithfield stay lady rockminster will you join us in a little conspiracy how do you mean conspiracy young man will you please to be a little ill to-morrow and when old mr huckster arrives will you let me call him in if he is put into a good humour at the notion of attending a baronet in the country what influence won't a countess have on him when he is softened when he is quite ripe we will break the secret upon him bring in the young people extort the paternal benediction and finish the comedy a parcel of stuff said the old lady take your hat sir come away miss there my head is turned another way good-night young people and who knows but the old lady thought of her own early days as she went away on laura's arm nodding her head and humming to herself with the early morning came laura and martha according to appointment and the desired sensation was let us hope effected in lamb court whence the three proceeded to wait upon mr and mrs samuel huckster at their residence in charterhouse lane the two ladies looked at each other with great interest and not a little emotion on fanny's part she had not seen her guardian as she was pleased to call pen in consequence of his bequest since the event had occurred which had united her to mr huckster samuel told me how kind you had been she said you were always very kind mr pendennis and and i hope your friend is better who was took ill in shepherd's inn ma'am my name is laura said the other with a blush i am that is i was that is i am arthur's sister and we shall always love you for being so good to him when he was ill and when we live in the country i hope we shall see each other and i shall be always happy to hear of your happiness fanny we are going to do what you and huckster have done fanny where is huckster what nice snug lodgings you've got what a pretty cat while fanny is answering these questions in reply to pen laura says to herself well now really is this the creature about whom we were all so frightened what could he see in her she's a homely little thing but such manners well she was very kind to him bless her for that mr samuel had gone out to meet his pa mrs huckster said that the old gentleman was to arrive that day at the somerset coffee-house in the strand and fanny confessed that she was in a sad tremor about the meeting if his parent casts him off what are we to do she said i shall never pardon myself for bringing ruin on my husband's head you must intercede for us mr arthur if mortal man can you can bend and influence mr huckster senior fanny still regarded pen in the light of a superior being that was evident no doubt arthur thought of the past as he marked the solemn little tragedy airs and looks the little ways the little trepidations vanities of the little bride as soon as the interview was over entered messrs linton and blades who came of course to visit huckster and brought with them a fine fragrance of tobacco they had watched the carriage at the baker's door and remarked the coronet with awe 
they asked of fanny who was that uncommonly heavy swell who had just driven off and pronounced the countess was of the right sort and when they heard that it was mr pendennis and his sister they remarked that pen's father was only a sawbones and that he gave himself confounded airs they had been in huckster's company on the night of his little altercation with pen in the back kitchen returning homewards through fleet street and as laura was just stating to pen's infinite amusement that fanny was very well but that really there was no beauty in her there might be but she could not see it as they were locked near temple bar they saw young huckster returning to his bride the governor had arrived was at the somerset coffee-house was in tolerable good humour something about the railway but he had been afraid to speak about about that business would mr pendennis try it on pen said he would go and call at that moment upon mr huckster and see what might be done huckster junior would lurk outside whilst that awful interview took place the coronet on the carriage inspired his soul also with wonder and old mr huckster himself beheld it with delight as he looked from the coffee-house window on that strand which it was always a treat to him to survey and i can afford to give myself a lark sir said mr huckster shaking hands with pen of course you know the news we have got our bill sir we shall have our branch line our shares are up sir and we buy your three fields along the brawl and put a pretty penny into your pocket mr pendennis indeed that was good news pen remembered that there was a letter from mr tatham at chambers these three days but he had not opened the communication being interested with other affairs i hope you don't intend to grow rich and give us practice said pen we can't lose you at clavering mr huckster though i hear very good accounts of your son my friend dr goodenough speaks most highly of his talents it is hard that a man of your eminence though should be kept in a country town the metropolis would have been my sphere of action sir said mr huckster surveying the strand but a man takes his business where he finds it and i succeeded to that of my father it was my father's too said pen i sometimes wish i had followed it you sir have taken a more lofty career said the old gentleman you aspire to the senate and to literary honours you wield the poet's pen sir and move in the circles of fashion we keep an eye upon you at clavering we read your name in the lists of the select parties of the nobility why it was only the other day that my wife was remarking how odd it was that at a party at the earl of kidderminster's your name was not mentioned to what member of the aristocracy may i ask does that equipage belong from which i saw you descend the countess dowager of rockminster how is her ladyship her ladyship is not very well and when i heard that you were coming to town i strongly urged her to see you mr huckster pen said old huckster felt if he had a hundred votes for clavering he would give them all to pen there is an old friend of yours in the carriage a clavering lady too will you come out and speak to her asked pen the old surgeon was delighted to speak to a coroneted carriage in the midst of the full strand he ran out bowing and smiling huckster junior dodging about the district beheld the meeting between his father and laura saw the latter put out her hand and presently after a little colloquy with pen beheld his father actually jump into the carriage and drive away with miss bell there was no room for arthur who came back laughing to the young surgeon and told him whither his parent was bound during the whole of the journey that artful laura coaxed and wheedled and cajoled him so adroitly that the old gentleman would have granted her anything and lady rockminster achieved the victory over him by complimenting him on his skill and professing her anxiety to consult him what were her ladyship's symptoms should he meet her ladyship's usual medical attendant 
mr jones was called out of town he should be delighted to devote his very best energies and experience to her ladyship's service he was so charmed with his patient that he wrote home about her to his wife and family he talked of nothing but lady rockminster's to samuel when that youth came to partake of beefsteak and oyster sauce and accompany his parent to the play there was a simple grandeur a polite urbanity a high-bred grace about her ladyship which he had never witnessed in any woman her symptoms did not seem alarming he had prescribed spur ammon aromat with a little spur menth pip and orange flower which would be all that was necessary miss bell seemed to be on the most confidential and affectionate footing with her ladyship she was about to form a matrimonial connection all young people ought to marry such were her ladyship's words and the countess condescended to ask respecting my own family and i mentioned you by name to her ladyship sam my boy i shall look in to-morrow when if the remedies which i have prescribed for her ladyship have had the effect which i anticipate i shall probably follow them up by a little spur lathen comp and so set my noble patient up what is the theatre which is most frequented by the by the higher classes in town hey sam and to what amusement will you take an old country doctor to-night hey sir on the next day when mr huckster called in jermyn street at twelve o'clock lady rockminster had not yet left her room but miss bell and mr pendennis were in waiting to receive him lady rockminster had had a most comfortable night and was getting on as well as possible how had mr huckster amused himself at the theatre with his son what a capital piece it was and how charmingly mrs o'leary looked and sang it and what a good fellow young huckster was liked by everybody an honour to his profession he is not his father's manners i grant you or that old-world tone which is passing away from us but a more excellent sterling fellow never lived he ought to practise in the country whatever you do sir said arthur he ought to marry other people are going to do so and settle the very words that her ladyship used yesterday mr pendennis he ought to marry sam should marry sir the town is full of temptation sir continued pen the old gentleman thought of that hoary mrs o'leary there is no better safeguard for a young man than an early marriage with an honest affectionate creature no better sir no better and love is better than money isn't it indeed it is said miss bell i agree with so fair an authority said the old gentleman with a bow and and suppose sir pen said that i had a piece of news to communicate to you god bless my soul mr pendennis what do you mean asked the old gentleman suppose i had to tell you that a young man carried away by an irresistible passion for an admirable and most virtuous young creature whom everybody falls in love with had consulted the dictates of reason and his heart and had married suppose i were to tell you that the man is my friend that our excellent our truly noble friend the countess dowager of rockminster is truly interested about him and you may fancy what a young man can do in life when that family is interested for him suppose i were to tell you that you know him that he is here that he is sam married god bless my soul sir you don't mean that and to such a nice creature dear mr huckster her ladyship is charmed with her said pen telling almost the first fib which he has told in the course of this story married the rascal is he thought the old gentleman they will do it sir said pen and went and opened the door mr and mrs samuel huckster issued thence and both came and knelt down before the old gentleman the kneeling little fanny found favour in his sight there must have been something attractive about her in spite of laura's opinion we'll never do so any more sir said sam get up sir said mr huckster and they got up and fanny came a little nearer 
and a little nearer still and looked so pretty and pitiful that somehow mr huxter found himself kissing the little crying laughing thing and feeling as if he liked it what's your name my dear he said after a minute of this sport fanny papa said mrs samuel End of chapter seventy five